Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Bibliotech On Air. I'm Rosanna. I'm Ruby. I'm Israel. And today we will be introducing a new segment into our podcast. As you know, we are a digital library and uh, our goal is to highlight our resources, uh, certain picks. And today we are going to be highlighting a book that we all read. Uh, It's called If Cats Disappeared from the World by Genki Kawamura. Yeah, so just a brief summary about the book. It's a poignant and philosophical novel that follows the story of a a 30-year-old postman who discovers he only has a few months left to live due to terminal brain cancer. And so as he grapples with his morality, um, he encounters the devil um, who offers him a unique deal. So for everything he chooses to erase from the world, he will be granted an extra day of life. And so throughout the book, um, it's just he's really exploring um, the different choices that he makes, his memories that are tied to these concepts that he chooses to erase from the world. And it was really great. I really liked it. I really liked it too. Very um, existential. At first I was, yeah, very existential. Uh, at first I was like, uh, I wasn't feeling into, feeling into it when I first started reading it. But then as things started moving, things started happening, um, that's when I really was like, wow, I really enjoyed this book. Yeah, definitely a fun read. It's a short read too. It does not take long. Um, but it goes over quite a few topics, such as, you know, your own existence, um, kind of like the whole death process, you know, or grieving, I guess, you know, the bargaining, accepting kind of that process. I mm-hmm. do not remember what exactly it's called. It, but, it uh, reminded me a little bit of like the Midnight Library, um, that too. where yeah. she was kind mm-hmm. of grappling with uh, her past choices and everything that she regrets. Because in this book, he talks a lot about regret. Mm-hmm. Um, so he finds out that he's going to die like... The devil comes up and finds out he's going to die like tomorrow. Yeah. So and then he starts like immediately the first thing he does is make a list of 10 things that he wants to do before he dies. And then that's when he realized how much regrets he has in his life. And it's kind of funny because when he makes that list, like right afterwards, he's pretty much like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is not it, he realized it wasn't him. It's not things that he wanted to do. It just felt like expectations. And towards the end of the book, it's nice for him to realize maybe I don't want to do all these crazy things Mm -hmm. or maybe I don't want to, you know, go out of my comfort zone. But what I have right now in life, I really like that. It might be my own mundane life, but it makes me happy and it's what's kept me going on for, you know, all these years. So I thought that was nice. I liked that too. I liked the part where he, like the first thing he wrote on his list was to go skydiving. (laughs) And then he was like, why would anyone want to do this? I do not want to do Yeah. And I was like, yeah, same. That would not be on my bucket list. I thought it was pretty funny too. Like y'all are saying, he's like, what what am I doing? this This isn't me. Um, but a little bit about the structure of the book, right? So he's selecting different, I guess, ideas, almost concepts, right, um, of things to erase from the world. So uh, throughout the book, um, he meets the devil who's called Aloha, mm-hmm. uh, which is, that was kind of funny, mm-hmm. I thought, uh, Aloha. Um, so some of the things that he selects to erase are phones, movies, clocks, and then cats, right? Um, although he, as we know, he doesn't choose to erase cats from the world. Um, And that's another central part of the book, you know, um, is his relationship with his cat, Cabbage, you know, which highlights the the importance of things like love and compassion, companionship and the connections that that he forms and even us that we form with other individuals. And so I did want to give like a a brief kudos to Ruby on the selection of the book. Um, I've been on a sort of almost dystopian kind of 
out there kind of binge things like the last of us the walking dead right and so when you announced or suggested this book i was like oh man this sounds awesome i love this this is very conceptual very abstract um even even the idea of the devil because towards the end of the book we discover that the devil is a reflection of himself and like his what he would consider his worst traits mm -hmm. like his shallowness mm -hmm. yeah all of the decisions that he didn't do or even to the to the to the extent of what he wishes he could be mm -hmm. right i thought that was very interesting because kind of funny do you know what the myers-briggs personality test is like mm -hmm. INFJ, yeah. INFP, things like that. I always did a little activity where I would answer on how I would, I would answer the questions on how I would want myself to be, right? So a question could be like, you know, uh, in a large group setting, would you gravitate towards the center or off to the side? You know, typically I would choose like, you know, off to the side, um, but I was like, okay, well, I want to be in the center, mm -hmm. right? And so I would answer like that. And I just thought that was very interesting um, it brought back that memory that that's how I would answer these mm -hmm. types of questions on who I would be if, you know, I did everything that I was kind of scared or insecure to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it, a really good connection. I didn't even think about it like that because you're totally right. <laughs> now, I, now I'm going to have to go back and do every single personality quiz <laughs> I've ever done because <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> what bibliotheque resource am I quiz? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. No, but uh, going back to the whole, you know, the devil was pretty much every trait about himself that he didn't, you know, have at the moment. Um, throughout the book, he he's like, oh, what's with this guy? Like, yeah. I, I can't, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I kind of don't stand him. But towards the end, mm -hmm. He it's kind of like almost endearing to him. And then when the devil explain or Aloha explains like, so I'm just like you're, you know, how you perceive the devil. Mm -hmm. It's going to be different for everyone. And they even touch on like, you know, the whole traditional devil and horns thing mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, big old dragon. He's like, that's just depending on how people see me. It's going to be different for everyone. And mm -hmm. I really like that. It's not just one you know, single standard concept of the devil. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has their own boogeyman. And <laughs> yeah. That kind of seems to be what his was. Uh, definitely a modern approach to the devil, mm -hmm. right? And um, I love that. I thought that was very interesting um, because typically, you know, in religion, we see the devil as, as he mentioned, an individual or a demon with horns, red nails that are like, that could like scratch you and things like that. Um, but for the most part, you know, we can be our own demons sometimes, you know, where we we grapple with what we could be, what we didn't do mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and so I, I thought that was really refreshing, mm -hmm. right? I thought that was really refreshing for him to do. Um, what also I really enjoyed about the book was that, as you mentioned, it was short. <laughs> it was a very easy read yeah. or I listened to it. So I was able on my car rides to and from work, I was able to finish it. Um we have a we have a, a patron who puts the speed of audiobooks mm -hmm. like <laughs> super fast yeah. and that was me and um and even so I was able to follow along with it um but what I really enjoyed about the book was that it really the author uh, Kawamura really provided us an in-depth look into the individual who I don't think we get the name to we get the name of the devil the protagonist. We, do, yeah. the pr protagonist we get the name of the devil Aloha which I think there's some meaning in there, but I am not no. uh, wise enough to understand. Um, but we really explore his memories, how they tie into the concepts that he wants to erase from the world, or in regards to his cat, you know, how why he can't erase it from the world. 
um and i thought that was really really interesting it 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 really allows us to to understand where the protagonist is coming from um and the relationships that he has with his ex-girlfriend with his father with his mother mm-hmm. right and how his relationship with the cat is just really a, re- a reflection of his relationship with his parents mm-hmm. i think and himself mm-hmm. right um so i really thought that was it was almost like very it's a very thought provoking book almost bittersweet um cuz he's only 30 years old yeah and Terminal then suddenly just yeah stage 4 yeah yeah and we will be back after these messages Hola, ¿quieres aprender una nueva lenguaje? Do you want to check out a new language? Check out Mango Languages, a language learning platform featuring 71 foreign language courses, a built-in translator, and foreign films. Registration is encouraged if you want to save your progress, but you can also log in as a guest with your Bibliotech library card number. And now we're back. So... Like we mentioned before, obviously the devil makes the agreement with him in order to, for him to be able to live extra days, he had to give something up. And the first thing that he gave up was cell phones. Yeah. Um, so looking back on that, which of the things that the protagonist erased from the world would you personally struggle with the most if they disappeared? And why do you think that particular thing holds so much significance to y'all? I'd probably like same thing. Like if I were... I'd be okay with cell phones, clocks, mm-hmm. you know, gonna lose track of my schedule, whatever. But um, I think it would it would probably be cats because <laughs> cats, you know, people sometimes just see them as animals. But mm-hmm. I have a cat. I've had cats throughout my life. I have dogs right now and a cat. That's where and, you would um, stop too. That's that's cat. where I would stop just because I I wouldn't be able to do that because just like with the protagonist, it's like you know these this is your family these you know they provide you with company they soothe you when you least expect it they are living beings and who am i to decide like oh i'm gonna get rid of these living creatures just to you know give me add some one extra more time. day also why am i gonna want just one day yeah. like for a living creature like come on i this is gonna sound terrible i'd give up probably a person over like cats too so that's just me but, <laughs> but no um it's I thought cats, the same yep. thing. I uh, like cell phones. I feel so easily to give up. It would be uh, kind of a nice really, blessing in disguise. Yeah, I really liked the perspective that he was giving on cell phones being erased from the world. He was like, he noticed that humans didn't even realize they were gone. He was like, mm-hmm. everyone just found something else to use up their time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like read a book or talk to people or go on walks. Um, so that was nice. I would totally give up my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> It's also kind of like, you know, people doing the whole I'm unplugging thing, but mm-hmm. without recognizing mm-hmm. that it's happening. <laughs> I think the most difficult thing um, that I would personally struggle with is clocks. Um, I guess that really provides just a structure mm-hmm. that I try to live by. A quote that really stood out to me on the book that was talking about that. Um, I'm going to read it word for word. It said, human beings exchange their freedom for the sense of security that comes from living by rules and routines, mm-hmm. despite knowing that costs them their freedom. Yeah, definitely. I think that that really resonates with me um, because I mentioned like it just provides so much structure, even the cell phone, right? Um, it, it provides me so much structure in my life that, that I rely on, you know, being a husband, being a father, 
you know, being a manager, you know, using it to really plan out my day. Um, it would take some time to get it to adapt to it, but uh, it would be difficult for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, like we do it with everything, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, like I I'm going to bring it back to bibliotech, you know, like we have our own rules and procedures, but sometimes we have to, you know, find ways to work around that just to better suit, you know, our patrons. Exactly. I I like that tie in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so another question that uh, we kind of uh, formulated was if you were in the protagonist's shoes and had to make a deal with the devil, what would be the first thing you would consider erasing from the world and why? Before we answer that, it's interesting to note that the protagonist didn't get to choose. No, it no, was the yeah. devil. The mm -hmm. devil it was like, okay, we're erasing this. We're yeah, the devil presents um he like, we're gonna be erasing chocolate. At some point he's mm -hmm. like chocolate, but then Aloha, the devil's name, um, he, he eats a choc a chips ahoy cookie. And he's like, Whoa, are you sh yeah, we're not erasing this, never mind. And that's where they <laughs> they go on phones right um but i guess the question really isn't you know allowing for the the devil to choose for us so with that being said you know what would be the first thing you would consider erasing from the world and why phones <laughs> phone yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty good with phones um i am too attached to my phone mm -hmm. um and like another quote that they mentioned in the book was that we created our own anxiety of mm -hmm. the fear of not having our phone. Mm -hmm. You know, like when we don't have our phone, we just have that anxiety where it's like, oh my God, where is it? I lost it. Or like, I can't, my life is on that phone, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really hate that. That's a like the worst, not the worst, but for me, it's a really ugly anxiety feeling losing your phone. And yeah, so that's why I would just get rid of it. What about you, Rosanna? I mean, off the top of my head right now, it is kind of hard to think about something. I'm pretty sure once we're done with this, I'll be like, I should have yeah. said that. But, uh, I mean, phones is a good one. I think I wouldn't know exactly what to pin it down to, but I would say maybe kind of like traffic or I guess distances. Like Ruby mm -hmm. and me were talking before the podcast, like how spread out things are in mm -hmm. cities as of late. So I don't know, some something something like that, just kind of closing off distances. You know, that's the cars, cars, just all ride bikes. <laughs> that would be that would be sick. That would be interesting. that would be pretty <laughs> that would sick. Be really interesting. That was the talk, the conversation exactly. we were having yeah. right before the podcast. So I don't know, something something along those lines. Like if I were able to pick, and if it were something that I could be like, this would be beneficial in the long run, mm -hmm. then I would choose something like that. I wonder what like the the roles are for like the concept that you need to that i guess that aloha has what are the roles right because also another thing to mention is that aloha sh struck a deal with god mm -hmm. and said um i'm going to offer human beings the opportunity or human beings that are about to die the opportunity to live one more day but they have to choose something right and so god's just like okay right um so i just wonder what the roles are but you know with that being said we don't know the rules. Um, I think uh, cats. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, maybe social media. I oh, think yeah. As, that would be a good in, one. In its yeah. entirety, right? Yep. Uh, because a lot of the reason why we have issues 
or why I've had issues in the past of like being just consumed with my phone is because of social media. So this would include things like Instagram, Facebook, oh yeah, that um, be... TikTok as well, right? Uh, Twitter, all of those big ones, those are big ones. Um, but there's other types, right? But it leads to so much like division and mm-hmm. disconnect, right? Uh, you get consumed by likes and um, having the perfect caption. But even the spread of like things like not to get political, but misinformation, mm-hmm. right, that is out there. And um, so I think that could be f- beneficial mm-hmm. uh, for myself. Um, and and that's why I would choose that because I, I could see it as being highly beneficial for sure. Yeah. And it, uh, it always makes you think because the book states that every unnecessary things turn out to be important for some reason or another. And that goes the case for pretty much everything. Like there's some benefits if you look hard enough to all these things, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why they're around. But it's just always something to think about. And then going back to the whole uh, like bet with God thing that Israel mentioned earlier. So at at the beginning, you don't quite find that out. It's just like Aloha is kind of like, oh, so me and God were talking and, you know, he's letting me try this thing with humans. And then towards (laughs) the end when um the protagonist is like i'm not gonna erase cats you know i can't do that who Mm -hmm. am i to do that and uh he's kind of like well dang if humans don't you know continue to astonish me like it it goes back to whole to how in at one point in a flashback his mom's like you know um you have to give something up to be happy and uh, Mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, humans Mm -hmm. can be pretty selfish, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of, you know, I guess the devil being like, well, humans really aren't too terrible or too selfish. They can be, but this is kind of proof. And it, I guess that's kind of alluding because you don't exactly get like Israel said, what the bet is. It's, it's just more like alluding to maybe, you know, kind of proving how terrible or how not terrible humans can be based on what they choose to except as you know mm-hmm. yeah for terms sure. and conditions for this yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i was left with several questions after Me too. the after the completion of the book like um like why didn't uh his cat cabbage the protagonist's cat uh remember, remember yes the dad i thought the same the thing mom. that made me so sad i was like why would they add that in i would if my cat didn't remember me after i died some, con- <laughs> some context on that is that at some point aloha um he he does a spell i guess um on cabbage the protagonist's cat and the cat begins to talk and the cat's like why do you do this you think i'm hungry but i'm actually want to go for a walk or mm-hmm. i want to go for a walk and but i'm hungry right and so he's like what's going on man right uh and so the protagonist shows um various pictures to cabbage and cabbage is like um okay uh yeah this is um i don't know who these people are and that leaves a very strong impression on the protagonist because he's like really you don't remember my mother saved you Mm -hmm. my mother saved you um how do you not remember her and so i think i i I just why that decision i wonder why karamura chose to do that what can y'all think of anything as to perhaps maybe why um so my opinion i think that you know, we as humans, we definitely tend to uh, get more invested in things, have more of a concept of relationships, mm-hmm, people, who mm-hmm. so-and-so are. Um, and as far as the cat goes, I just think that, like like the cat says, he's like, I don't remember 
what this is or who this is, but I remember being happy. And mm -hmm. that's kind of simplifying, I guess, how animals, I guess, maybe think or feel like, they you know, really they like, hold on to memories the way we mm -hmm. do. Exactly. Or the way we expect they them to do. They just kind of like, you know, of course, basic needs, fed, yeah. go out, yeah. water. But they also remember, that you they know, were the happy. love and the happy and that maybe they felt, you know, secure. And it's, I don't know, I, I just kind of thought that's maybe what, like, mm -hmm. you know, animals are probably just much happier mm -hmm. with their, you know, their basic, their needs, basic needs compared to us as people who were just like kind of hot messes all over yeah, the place. Yeah, like us humans, we really like our brain just goes off, you Have know? to give meaning to yeah, everything. Yeah, we, exactly. we really do. So that, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, now, I think that was Now really I feel good. complete because I was so upset when I read that. I was like, I'm going to go home and look my dogs in the eyes and like, <laughs> how dare you not remember me when I die? Because I mean, it, it is sad, like thinking about like, you know, the mom was the one that rescued the mm -hmm. cat, but also he's been living more with, you know, the protagonist. Mm -hmm. He hasn't seen the mom mm -hmm. in a while. Um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, you've seen videos of like maybe dogs when they're kind of grieving over a human that's mm -hmm. passed. Maybe mm -hmm. they're sitting next to an armchair where, uh, you know, one of their people used to be. Um, I like so that. I, I don't know. Like, I like maybe that insight. It just, Cause there's it also, varies. you know what, th that, I think that's right. Cause, uh, earlier in the book, he, I remember him mentioning that he, when his relationship with his ex-girlfriend, um, it just like fizzled out and he didn't really know why or he didn't have a reason why it literally just kind of just ended out of nowhere um but then when he goes back and has earns his extra day to talk to his ex-girlfriend he realizes that he wasn't communicating very well that's another and big thing. that he later he realizes he's like i didn't think i just thought since i was happy i assumed that she was happy you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know, that just really stuck out to me because I'm like, yeah, like if you're feeling happy, how is the other person not feeling happy as well? But obviously, if you don't communicate, you wouldn't know, you know? Yeah. Um. So that reminded me of that. I like that you bring that up, too. Uh, a lot of like the protagonists, like his relationships boil down to just lack of communication yeah. or putting himself or his mm -hmm. feelings out there. Like mm -hmm. uh, you really get, I think, more of an insight when he's with his video friend, the um tatsuya mm -hmm. i believe and um that relationship even though like his friend is portrayed as just like this awkward nerd guy but who's, who's just got like you know the best heart and just the best like you know a, a true geek mm -hmm. just all of that but his sincere reaction when finding out that the protagonist is like oh by the way i'm gonna die soon like just just that you know towards the end when they're talking about the videos and uh about you know bringing stuff up and that they just go off on a tangent and uh they kind of both start crying i just thought that was nice because mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. it was really different from his other relationships it mm -hmm. felt like that was the most even though he hasn't seen this guy in a while that felt like such a sincere and mm -hmm. wonderful friendship that they had mm -hmm. and uh i just i really like that compared to how with his ex-girlfriend like you said they would do all their talking on mm -hmm. the phone, you know, feelings, thoughts. But then IRL, it was just kind of like. I think. Okay. I liked that perspective, too, because I think it's um, the he probably just felt more comfortable on the phone, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Sense of security. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was his security because um, he also mentioned, too, like when 
because the devil gives him one last phone call and he's trying to think of who to call mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he looks back at all every single one of his relationships with the people on his contact list and he's like they're all superficial yeah. you know he's yeah. like i never really had deep one-on-one conversations mm-hmm. with them about the way i was feeling about the way they were feeling we kind of kept everything on surface level you know yeah and that made me reflect like on my my relationships you know with all my friends i'm like i don't know if it's just something that we do when we grow older we just kind of i don't know i don't know if it's just me like i i started noticing like yeah some of my relationships are a little superficial you know i kind of keep things on surface level with everybody mm-hmm. you know i don't really talk about you know my emotions or what i'm feeling what i'm going through or ask the other person you know what they're going through or how they're doing you know yeah Mm -hmm. and we will be back after these messages join bibliotech east for earthwise a deep dive where they will cover the basics of oceanography and highlight the marine wildlife learn about human impacts as well as climate change and their influence on the ocean Follow the fun on Instagram at bearbibliotech underscore east. And now we're back. Another question that I had was like, so in other individuals that the Aloha has met with, right? The devil has met with. Um, does is it, does it become a clean slate? Because I feel like... Like when everything gets erased? Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I was like, I don't know if everyone's um, memories just go away of having mm-hmm. cell phones, movies, all that. Mm-hmm. Or it's like they just wake up one day and everything's gone, but they still have the memories of it. What I think what I think it really what I, I got towards towards the end was that it was potentially all in his head. Right. There was, you know, maybe there was an, an X amount of days that he always had. Right. And he had to he had to really apply a concept to his parting to his passing mm-hmm. right he understood i'm going to die and that might have been too much mm-hmm. where he had to sort of imagine like personify yeah personify his death to an extent because oh, it I wouldn't like that, because yeah. it wouldn't make sense it wouldn't make sense that the devil meets with various individuals and why erase phones now mm-hmm. and why not with another individual mm-hmm. right because the devil says i struck this deal with god I've met with other individuals, right? Um, and why just erase movies now? Mm-hmm. That's like a huge clocks. That's a huge concept. Yeah. You know, perhaps it's just really relevant to our protagonists and not to the individuals, the other individuals that the devil met with previously. Mm-hmm. But I, that's why I'm leaning towards it was kind of all in his head. I dig that. Yeah, and it I'd... seems like it was kind of like, sorry, Ruby. No. It seems like it was kind of giving him that push he needed to mm-hmm. reach out to certain people yeah so like you know day by day okay um eliminating phones i guess i might as well just reach out to ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. you know since i'm not gonna have phones anymore you know um what was the next one i think clocks mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. wait movies yeah it was uh it was movies because then movies, his, yeah. his friend yeah and then you know erasing movies so he's like okay well incentive to reach out to old bestie and just stuff like that because the way the devil made it seem in my opinion was that things that he's seen he you know noticed uh the protagonist kind of paying attention to in that moment he was like oh, okay that's important to this guy let's go ahead and see if he you know mm-hmm. takes this condition because mm-hmm. i think he was um thinking about the initial offer of you know you live an extra day, but 
I got to get rid of something when he noticed like the protagonist. I think he was like fidgeting with his phone or kind of like, you know, yeah. messing with mm-hmm. it. He was like, okay, we're going to get rid of that. Get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. And then because um, also the devil mentions like I can read your mind. Duh. I'm the devil. And um, when he was uh, out and about with his ex-girlfriend, you know, of course, the big bonding thing was movies. She lives above a theater. She works at a theater and uh, <laughs> they would spend a lot of their time with movies. So, of course, logically, the next thing the devil was like is, let's get rid of movies. Yeah. How about that? And so on. That, yeah, that's true. Those big <laughs> things are going on in his life. Um, there was a quote that really stuck out to me that I didn't know if I um, agreed with or I didn't know if I just didn't think about it hard enough. But it was that happiness is built on someone else's misfortune. Um, I was like, is is that true? <laughs> or I don't know. What do y'all think? It could be to an extent. I think going back to the whole like you know him him deciding not to eliminate cats I'm like that's that's reasonable he kind of saw like why am I gonna make myself happy by taking cats away Mm -hmm. from everyone and I'm like reflecting on my hypocritical answer where I'm like I would pick cats I wouldn't (laughs) eliminate cats but I would eliminate a person I understand how hypocritical (laughs) that is but with that said that's still the basis of you know my own happiness versus someone else's happiness That's like true. i'm gonna be selfish and pick me mm-hmm. over them or vice versa i'm gonna let everyone else be happy at my own expense that's true which um, this it's still them being happy mm-hmm. but at my own misfortune so it goes both ways and it's not like i mean yeah i guess now looking back on it it's not that big of a misfortune like um a previous he mentioned that like gift giving like he um uh, looks forward to the other person receiving a gift or receiving a letter you know he looks forward to them how they're going to react to it um and then his mom with the cat allergies uh that she had allergies and she got the cat and then they just went away you know um that's that's the kind of context that they use that in have y'all seen friends i'm not a big friends fan Hot take. it it reminded me there's this one episode where um phoebe she says that uh there's there's no selfish, there's no unselfish good deed, something like that, where it's like, if you do a good deed, you're doing it for selfish reasons, you know, because it's going to make you feel better and it's going to make you happy. That's what it made me think yeah. of. So that's kind of like the good place. I'm so sorry. Like the good <laughs> place too, because at one point in the good place, um, they're trying to do good deeds to like get their points up, like, you know, so they can actually end up in the good place. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, if you haven't seen the show, <laughs> they're all terrible people and they're actually in the bad place when they're supposed to, when they're yeah. thinking they're in the good place. But um, they're they're like, okay, so what if we do this to help out this person? And then they're like, we can't do that because that means, you know, our mm-hmm. reasoning is morally corrupt. We're doing it for ourselves. Yeah. So I just, I like yeah. that you brought that up. That's interesting. Yeah. It definitely ties into the, to that quote, happiness is built on someone yeah, else's misfortune. Yeah, it, it does. Um, what Phoebe said really um, reminds me of, of like sort of a research paper that I did in my undergrad. Um, I did it on altruism, right? And so altruism is is doing for others without expecting in return to an extent, right? It, it's a lot more deeper than that, I'm sure. Um, and so are we, are altruistic acts, and people argue, no, there is no altruistic act. You're always, there's always, you always have some intention, Right. You always have some beneficial intention, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I think that, you know, we can be altruistic to within our capacity. Right. With which we allow ourselves to be mm-hmm. altruistic. Um, and so I think, 
you know that's kind of just what it, it really what it made me think of and uh but yeah i think we could go on and on with this book mm-hmm. it really shows that it's mm-hmm. very thought-provoking but i'd really like to sort of conclude it with you know with the conclusion um of of the book throughout the novel we find themes of morality loneliness technology's impact on on human relationships as you mentioned ruby right like with phones and and that we all mentioned and sort of some of the significance of seem, seemingly trivial things right um so it's a heartwarming reminder you know for readers to cherish the small often overlooked aspects of life and to consider what truly brings them happiness because as we know um as we know we've read the book um the, it it really comes to the protagonist comes to terms with his own morality right he chooses not to erase cats from the world right and the importance of of the relationships that he has with his ex-girlfriend with um his friend who was really into movies with his parents with his dad right he ends up writing a note to his dad right and the book ends with him going to his dad's house to deliver uh the note because he had a difficult relationship with his dad he 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 did um and so he begins to understand the value of these trivial things or even these important things like the relationship with his father um did you have any like last minute thoughts so going off of what you said um just like you know the fact that it took the protagonist dying to realize like i need to appreciate these people more i need to better my relationships you know it it it's unfortunate that for mm-hmm. a lot of people the commonality is it does take some kind of eye-opening you know like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. diagnosis mm-hmm. or you know maybe scare with death or something and it's such a difficult thing, but it it's a reminder like this is just something that we should try to do mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. day. Again, easier said than done. Yeah. Definitely. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. But it, it 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 was like it boils down to that in my opinion. Just a reminder, like, hey, let's try not to take things for granted. Just yeah. every day. Cherish the relationships you have. Maybe try to make them better. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't save that for like your very final days. Yeah. Uh and then I guess like ending another a quote, another quote that I really liked was that he says, life is a tragedy when seen up close, but a comedy in a long shot. Um, so <laughs> it's, I liked that. It's Same. just the way we, our like perspective, our perspective mm-hmm. of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Because when something's happening to us in the moment, it's just this horrible, complete. But then in yeah. retrospect, you're like, it really wasn't that yeah. Bad. Yeah, something's for really sure. Bad, it was like, a bad Monday, but yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't the end of the world. Sure, yeah. I spilled hot coffee and myself, <laughs> and I had an interview the next day. But you know what? As a final thought, like what you were saying, Rosanna, um, just a few moments ago, um, it just really invites me not to take things too personally. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's living their life. Everybody has things going on. Um, from the perspective as like as y'all's manager, as y'all's boss, like to understand that y'all have y'all's own lives, right? And to understand that y'all are y'all's own people. And it really calls me to understand, um, to not take things so personally. I'm not saying that I do, but just a reminder. And I think that goes a long way for myself. And so I just really enjoyed this book. Um, I really want to um, continue doing this series with you all, inviting you all out to join in the conversation. With that, I'm going to pass it off to Rosanna to talk a little bit about, you know, what our plans are for the future with these types of segments. Yeah, so um, our goal is to once a month, uh, you know, have everyone here on the podcast read a book and like Israel mentioned and extend the invitation to other bibliotech staff members, um, to our patrons, our listeners. 
And uh, if you have any feedback, if you'd like to join in on this, by all means, you can reach out to either one of us, Israel, Ruby, or myself. Um, if you have thoughts that you want to share, if you have something that you're reading yourself, by all means, um, if you want to come on the podcast and, you know, talk about the book that we picked mm -hmm. for the month, you know, you're more than welcome to do so. Again, we're going to start announcing our books at the beginning of the month and then hopefully do this book talk reader's advisory at the end of the month and just kind of follow this format. You know, we'll have some, uh, discussions just like we did today, mm -hmm. which I enjoyed. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. <laughs> so yeah, with that said, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. So once again, the book was called If Cats Disappeared from the World by Genki Kawamura. You can find the audio book on Hoopla. Um, again, give it a listen. Really good book. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for today. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rosanna. I'm Ruby. I'm Israel. And we will talk to you all on the next episode. 